0: everyone. Can we um, set it down? Thank you. Uh, I'm going to enjoy the time of chatting. <laughs> I going want to continue. <laughs> okay. Um, right. Good morning. once. Um, welcome. This is King's Church Swinton. Just in case uh, you're wondering where you are. Um, I believe you know exactly where you are. Um, it's good to see Aga with us um, today. Um, the husband has, you know, gone around to take care of the young lady. Um, I'm sure he'll, be, he'll come back in a couple of uh, minutes. And my very good friend and his family, um, Shell, from North Carolina, yeah. and um, Bukola, the at the back now. Trying to see, yeah, and I've got Patrick with us this morning as well. Uh, Patrick Nila's husband. Good. Amen. Praise God. I hope I'm not missing anyone out. Okay, Aneta, as always, you're you're not a stranger anymore. (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome. Oh, Zizi. Oh, (laughs) praise God. Um, this. I just want to share with us something I, I've titled, The Reign of Life. The Reign of Life. Um, please, this mic is cutting. Can you check it out? Um, Romans and chapter 5. By the way, fantastic job yesterday, guys! Fantastic job! Please put your hands together for yourselves, please. Okay, so yeah, I so was so with how everything went, so well done, well done. Um. Are you at Romans on chapter 5? And I'll just read from verse 12. It says, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people, because all sinned. To be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given, But sin is not charged against anyone, anyone's account, where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who is the pattern of the one to come. But the gift is not like the trespass, for if the many... many trespasses and brought justification. Verse 17, it says for if by the trespass of the one man death reigned through that one man how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gifts of righteousness reign in life Through the one man, Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, so like I said to you um, this morning, I'm just going to be talking about the reign of life. It's Easter Sunday and um, we are celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. And I just want to bring to our attention what exactly that means for us. And so I'm going to be approaching these under three major headings. Number one, I'm going to talk about the tyranny of sin and death. The tyranny of sin and death. I'm going to talk about the work of Christ and I'm going to talk about the reign of life which is um, my topic. And then I'll finish up by you know saying to us what we can do with this life that has now... So the first one, let's get started. The rain, the, the tyranny of sin and death. Now if you paid attention to the passage I just read, here Paul gives us a picture of a monarch. He gives us a picture of something that was reigning, And he calls it sin and death. He calls it death actually. And he says by one man, Adam, sin entered into the world and death as a result of that sin and that makes sense because in Genesis 2 and verse 27 when God spoke to them and gave them instruction he said to them not to eat of a particular tree and he did say that there was a consequence to, that dis- to disobeying his instruction and the consequence was death. Now Paul comes around in Romans chapter 6 and verse 23. He says the wages of sin is death. So when man sinned against the law of God, when man disobeyed God in Genesis, what happened, Genesis chapter 3, was that something broke within man. Something went wrong within man. And Bible calls it death. Man was, as it were, severed from the person of God who is life. Man, even though at the immediate, you know, immediately he disobeyed God, did not fall down and die, but he died because something broke within man. Now, Bible tells us that when man did that act of disobedience, what he did basically was a rebellion against God, which Bible calls sin. And because of that sin, death came into the picture because what you get, what you earn for sinning is death. Now, the picture we have in Romans chapter 5 is the fact that from that time on, from that time on, there was, as it were, a switch, there was a swap of who was in charge. Remember when God made man in Genesis 1, 26, 27, He gave him dominion, He gave him authority, He gave him rulership over everything. Now, but when man sinned against God, Bible makes it clear to us that there was a shift, there was a turnaround. Man no longer was in charge; something else was in charge, and Paul calls it death. Obviously, there was a power behind it all. The devil. Now, Paul says, from Adam to Moses, before the law was given, sin and death was reigning. And you can extend that because that is the truth of the matter. Sin and death was reigning until Christ came, or until Christ came on the scene. Death by sin. And not just physical death, all kind of things happened. Sicknesses, diseases, broken relationship, murder, Straightway After Genesis chapter 3, you read about Adam and Eve giving birth to children and you see murder, you see brother, you know, murdering the other one. You see idolatry, you see all sort of evil and vices upon the face of the earth. Sin was reigning and death as a result was reigning over man. Such, you know, I love the word used here for reign. is It's it's a picture of a of a dictator, of 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 a monarch, one who is heavy-handed, and who is tyrannical, who is cruel, a cruel master, as it were. Now, Paul says there was a reign, a reign of sin, and you see, if it was the fact that Adam sinned and Adam bore the consequences of his sin, it would have been sufficient. But Bible says that passed upon all men so you and I born into the picture came under the curse we came under the dominion under the tyranny of death as a result of the sin of Adam so sin was reigning death was reigning was swaying over all men. Every man held in captivity. Every man held under the power of sin, of diseases, of infirmity, of depression, of what so every malady you can think about that came into this world, that we can see in this world, came as a result of the sin of Adam. And it didn't just stay with Adam. Bible says that it passed upon every man. And so if you think about Any ill, any negative situation or circumstance that you can see on the face of the earth, the Bible says it is attributable to the sin of Adam. But that's not the end of the picture. That's not the end of the story. But something happened. You know, in Genesis, when man fell and God placed a curse upon man, God also at the same time gave a promise He said that to the serpent, he said, see, the seed of the woman. Now, you're not going to have the last laugh, devil, because the seed of the woman will come and bruise your head. The, the, The seed of the woman will crush your head and you will bruise his heel. And prophetically, God was speaking about a time when the true seed of woman, which was why Jesus had to come as the seed of woman to fulfill that which God had ordained. And so, when Jesus came in the flesh, he came to undo the works of the devil. And so, that takes me to the second point the work of Christ. Sin reigned, sin was the Lord. Sin was a master. If you read Romans and chapter 7, Paul gives another picture of the tyranny and the hold of sin. Paul said, see, I, I, I just describing himself as a man bound on the sin. He said, see, the things I want to do, I cannot do. The things that I desire not to do, those are the things I, I find myself doing. He says, I, I discover that it is not me. It is sin that in me. As much as I wanted to do what was right, as much as I wanted to, you know, do the right thing, I couldn't find the power in me to do it because there was a Lord over me. You know, in that same Romans 7, Paul says, whosoever you yield yourself a servant to obey, you are the servant of that which you obey. In other words, when man decided to obey the devil rather than God, man submitted himself to the headship and the rulership of the devil. And since that time, the devil has been in charge. David tries to describe it this way, Psalms 51 and verse 5. He says, I was shapened in iniquity. And he says, in sin, my mother conceived me. So every one of us came into the world in that state, bound, captivated, under. The tyrant of sin leading to death. Death reigned. But the good news of Easter is that Jesus came. Amen? Now, Jesus came on the scene. Because God had a plan and God lost the world and wouldn't allow his world to remain under the tyranny, under the rulership of sin and death. And so he introduced his son. I'd like you to open your Bibles with me to First John and chapter 3. First John and chapter 3. You know, it says... Verse 8b, For let's, let's just even read it. Um, don't let me just pick the verse 8b. So if you go to First John, let me try and get there myself. I'll just read from 7. It says, Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as he, that is, Christ is righteous the one who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning now look at the next sentence the statement it says the reason the son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work so The devil was in charge. The devil was reigning. The devil was having hold over humanity through sin and death as a result. Now, the Bible says that the Son of God was revealed. The Son of God was introduced into the whole issue and he had a mission. And his mission was to undo the works of the devil. A prophecy about Jesus Christ, Isaiah, and chapter 61. Isaiah 61. Let's go there together. Isaiah 61, I just read from verse 1. It says, this is a prophecy about Jesus. It says, the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. To proclaim freedom to the captives. Does that that describe the state of sin and death? It says to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. To proclaim freedom to the captives. To release from darkness darkness. For the prisoners, it says, to proclaim the years of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor now see the contrast see what Jesus is supposed to achieve what Jesus is supposed to achieve in this Isaiah 61 gives us a picture of the state man was because he was coming on the scene to undo the works of darkness and as he was doing the reverse it's clear the 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 desperate situation, it was clear. The, the horrible situation man was placed in as a result of the reign of, of death. Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And he went about doing good. Healing all them that were oppressed of the devil. So the son of man came and in his earthly ministry, he, he did many things. He healed the sick. He raised the dead as an expression of this is why I came. I've come to undo. You know, when, when Jesus cast out devils and they said he's, he was doing it by Beelzebub. And Jesus said to them, mm, if... I cast out demon by the finger of God. Then the kingdom of God is come to you. In other words, there is a rule, there is a rain currently going on, but I am bringing in an, another rule, another rain, and that is the kingdom of God. And what I'm about is to undo the works of darkness, is to undo the works of the devil, and so Jesus ultimately. In his death and resurrection, which is what we celebrate at Easter, defeated, indeed, if you permit me to say, the works of the devil. He, he stripped the devil of his power. Open with me to Hebrews and chapter 2. Hebrews and chapter 2. So the first thing is the tyranny of sin and death. And then I'm bringing our minds to the work of Christ, which was to undo the works of the devil. And I said, when Jesus came on the scene, His mission was to set the son of man free from the hold of sin and death. Hebrews and chapter two. Is anyone there? If you're there, say Amen. Okay, I'll just read from verse fourteen. It says, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death. Are you following this? Jesus took upon himself flesh and blood. It came in human form. Why? So that he could die. Now why did he have to die so that he could deliver the sons of men who have been held bound by the reign of death from the powers of death does that make sense so because we are son- we are flesh and blood and we were under the rule and the reign of sin and death under that Tyrannical ruler. Jesus took upon himself our form. He came as us. He identified with us. So that he could die. And so that through his death, he could deliver us from the power of death. He says, and to free those who, threw, who all through their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. And so, when Jesus died and rose again, what he achieved for us was victory over death. What he achieved for us was victory over sin and death. Don't forget, death came as a result of sin. And ruled over all men until Christ came. Now, when Christ came, he came to undo the works of the devil by dying on the cross. So, in his death and resurrection that we are celebrating today, there is a change of power. There is a change of rule. There is a change of, you know, as it were, his death was the mark of the death of death. Does that make sense? So, in the death of Jesus... Death died. So he terminated a reign by his resurrection. And by his resurrection into life, he introduced another reign. So the good news, guys, is that the hold of death is broken. Say amen to that. Why? Because Jesus died and rose again. Because Jesus paid by his own life. He paid the penalty of sin. John 19 and verse 30, Jesus said, it is finished. It is paid in full. All that was necessary to pay for sin, Jesus paid, fully paid, done, and accomplished. He died and he rose again. I know we've quoted this scripture like, A hundred times over this couple of weeks. Romans 4.25. He was delivered to death for our sins. And he was raised again for our justification. Amen? Amen? So, let's talk about the reign of life. So, we're saying that when Jesus died and rose again, he terminated the reign of death. And he introduced the reign of life. And that is what I want us to spend a couple of minutes on right now. So because Jesus died and rose again, we have life. You know, a common scripture that we all can quote from our hearts. John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have life. You see, when Jesus died and rose again, he defeated death, but then introduced life. When Jesus died and rose again, he delivered us from the hold of sin and death, but did not leave us in a limbo. There is a change of reign, and there is a change of our position. If you are still awake, can you open to Colossians 1 and verse 13 Colossians and chapter 1 and verse 13 in fact let's read 2 first Colossians 2 and verse 15 first so he says and having disarmed. The powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Now, here is a picture of Jesus as a warlord going into the realm of hell itself and plundering hell and leading a train of defeated foes. Now the Bible says Jesus made a public spectacle. Display of principalities. Of powers. Of death. By the cross. So in his death and resurrection. Jesus defeated death. Now look at Colossians 1. And verse 13. Are you there? So I'm talking about the reign of life now. So it says, What did he do? What did Jesus do? He says, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. He rescued us. You know, when you, when you think about that word, rescue, it suggests that it wasn't exactly an interesting position you were in. You don't get rescued from fun. You don't get rescued from you know, something you're enjoying. You don't get rescued from something that is pleasurable in the real sense of it. Now, He rescued us. From the kingdom, the dominion, the rulership of darkness. It didn't stop there. What did it do? It brought us into the kingdom of lights. So instead of death, it gave us life. Instead of darkness, It gave us light. Instead of defeat, it gave us victory. Instead of illness and diseases, it gave us health. Instead of condemnation, it gave us justification. Instead of a strength relationship, it reconciled us and gave us peace. Romans chapter 5 verse 1 Bible says, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God. How? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through what he did, he broke the barrier. He brought us to God. He reconciled us to God. And he brought us to a realm John 10 and verse 10, Jesus said, The thief cometh not but to kill, to steal, and to destroy, but I have come that you might have life. And so, ladies and gentlemen, what I want to introduce to us this morning, which I want to refresh our minds on, is that there is a new king on the throne. There is a new ruler on the throne and we belong to a new kingdom because we have shifted base. Don't forget, he moved us away from the kingdom of darkness and now our kingdom is that of his dear son. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 20 says, our citizenship, our home country, Is not United Kingdom. It says it's heaven. It's heaven. Why? Because Christ died. Because Christ died. So there is an introduction of life. Jesus said, I've come to give you life. And to give you an abundant life. And now what I just want to underscore is what our life is about. Simply put... It is the direct contrast of everything death. So think about everything that fell and broke in the fall of man. And think about life instead of it. Think about bliss. You know, Isaiah 61 that we read about joy instead of mourning. Freedom instead of being in prison. Gladness Beauty instead of ashes. That is what Christ has come to give us. And Bible calls it eternal life. I'll go back to Romans in chapter 4, verse 25. So it says the wages of sin is death. That's the A part. Then the B part says, but... The gift of God. There is a gift that God gives. And he says, look at the contrast. You earned death because of sin. But the life that you have is a gift. Can, can you see the contrast? So he doesn't say the wages of sin is death and the, sin, and the wages of whatever is life. Do you get what I mean? So, it makes it clear that even though you deserve death, but this life is a gift. Because another made it possible. And that other person that made it possible is Jesus Christ that we're talking about. So, Bible calls it eternal life. And I know that many times when we think about eternal life, there's a tendency for us to think about living forever. Now, if you think it's living forever, you're not exactly wrong. It's just that it's much more than that. It's much more than that. The, word, the, uh, the idea of eternal life has two dimensions. It has the quantity dimension to it and it has the quality dimension to it. So if you say it's living forever, you're right. Because by the quality of that life, it dispels death. By the quality of that life. And that is why Jesus could not stay in the grave. Because death had to spill him out. Why? Because that life cannot die. So he says we have eternal life. The life of God. A gift given to us because Jesus paid by his own life. Now there is a new king on the throne and it is called life. If we go back to Romans and chapter 5 that we started from. So it's a contrast. Something was raining up to a point, but there was a switch. Something else came on the throne because Jesus came on the scene. And that thing that came on the throne is called life. Look at Romans 5.17 again. Are you there? So it says, for if by the trespass of one, death reigned through that one man, how much more, someone say much more. How much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace And the gift of righteousness reigns in life through one man, Jesus Christ. So there is a reigning in life. Life now is on the throne. And just like we're under the hold and the sway of sin and death and diseases and all kind of maladies. Now there is life given to us in Christ Jesus. And we can have that life to the fullest so instead of pain we can have health instead of sadness we can have joy instead of disease we can have health instead of condemnation we can have justification instead of a dread of an eternity in hell we can have an expectation of an eternal bliss in the presence of god and so i'm just going to close very quickly two things to the saints and to the sinners what are you going to do about eternal life? Now, I just told the story of how that eternal life came because Jesus came. He became flesh to undo the works of the devil. And now he's handing out the gift of eternal life. Now, I love what Jesus said in Matthew 28 and 18. After his, de- his, his risen from the dead, he said, behold, says all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. More like saying, guys, I have won the victory. Guys, I have gone, I'm back, and the battle is won. Now, he hands out to us the gift of life. And I want to say to saints and sinners, first to sinners, maybe you're here this morning and you're not a Christian. Maybe you're here, you've not accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. I just described the tyranny of sin. And that is the position every man not born again is. There are only two groups of people on the face of the earth. Those who belong to the first Adam and those who belong to the last Adam who is Jesus Christ. Now those who are in the lineage of the first Adam are under the curse, the death of that first Adam. Now those who will switch to the lineage of the second Adam have life and eternal hope. Now how do you cross over to the lineage of the new Adam and the last Adam? The Bible is clear about it. Is that you believe in the gifts that God offers? Is that you accept the fact that someone died and rose again, and all of that was to give you life? All of that was to set you free from the rule of sin and death. John chapter five and verse twenty four. John ch- chapter five verse twenty four. I'll just read that to us. John five twenty four. It says, "Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life, and will not be judged." but has crossed from death to life. The only condition, if you permit me to say it that way, is to believe. So I want to challenge you if you're here and you've not accepted God's free gifts. The Bible is very intentional in calling it a gift because it's not something you work for you will never be able to work for it, but someone did it on your behalf and is handing it out to you. And someone to challenge you in the spirit of Easter. Would you choose to receive God's gifts of life, and you can be free from the hold of sin and death? And then I want to talk to the saints. You have eternal life. It won't happen. It has happened. You know, Bible is very deliberate in making us understand that eternal life is not just quantity, but quality. And so, rather than wait till you get to heaven before you have eternal life, it wants you to know that you have it now. Look at... 1 Timothy chapter 6, 1 Timothy chapter 6, and verse 12. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12, Paul was writing to Timothy and he said to him, Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called. When you made a good profession in the presence of many weaknesses. So what Paul was saying to Timothy was simple. Fight the good fight of faith. And that fight is that you lay hold on eternal life. That fight of faith is that you, you know, it is a picture of seize what rightfully belongs to you. Let me tell you something guys, even though the devil is defeated, even though the battle is won, even though we have been liberated from the hold of sin and death, which we have seen earlier this morning, the devil still wants to play on our ignorance. The devil still wants to pose as though he still has the reign. He wants to pose as though he's still in charge. And the, is, the Bible is challenging us as believers to say, I have eternal life. It's not going to be a future occurrence. The fullness of it will be in the future when Christ comes. But even now, I have eternal life. Now look at what Jesus said at the, um, you know, when he came around to raise up Lazarus. And the sister was like, well, I know he's going to rise up you know, at the last day. Jesus said, stop it. I... The future event you are talking about or looking forward to is right here. I am the resurrection and the life. And I I perceive the Lord is saying the same to us as believers that we must not go through life as though we are still under the reign of sin and death. Right now, we must go through life as people who are now under the reign of life. And as the devil comes and suggests itself, as the devil comes to pose as though he still has the authority, as though he still has any right, as though he still has any hold on us, we must shake ourselves loose and fight the fight of faith and believe the scripture and believe the truth and say, I have been liberated from the power of darkness. I am no longer subject to the devil and his antics and his lies and his manipulations. I am free. Why? Whosoever the son sets free doesn't become partially free. He is free indeed. Amen. So the challenge is lay hold on eternal life. Get a hold of it. Don't let it sleep. Get a hold of eternal life. It is rightfully yours. Let me close by reading the scripture of John chapter 5. First John chapter 5. I'll just close with this scripture. John was writing to them, and he says, from verse eleven, I believe. I read from verse now. He says, "Whoever believes in the Son of God accepts this testimony." He says, "Whoever does not believe God has made him out to be a liar." Because they have not believed the testimony God has given about his son. Now verse 11 says, this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life. It says, and this life is in his son. Look at verse 12. Whoso saw has the son has life. Whoever does not have the son does not have life. Verse 13 says I write this to you who believe in the name of the son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Let's bow down our heads as we pray together. Russell, do you want to just play something on the keyboard? I want to think about what you've heard. And I want you to thank God for victory in Christ. I want you to thank God for freedom. I don't know what your experiences are. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know the things that are, you know, in quotes, messing you around. But the good news is that the resurrection of Jesus is a declaration that nothing can mess you around. The resurrection of Jesus is a declaration that victory has been won on your behalf. And that one reign has ended and a new reign has begun. The reign of death has ended and the reign of life has begun. Can you give thanks to God for the victory that you have in Jesus? And can you boldly by faith confront whatsoever is harassing you and say I'm victor I'm a victor I'm victorious in Christ because whosoever the sun sets free is free indeed because I've been moved away from the kingdom of darkness and now I'm in the kingdom of God's son I am more than conquerors I am more than a victor because of what Jesus has done for me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Victory is mine because Jesus won the victory.